Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath March 25th, we look at Lesson 12, Rewards of Faithfulness. Together, let's see the eternal benefits of living a faithful life towards God. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Lesson 12, which is actually the last lesson of this quarter, which has been great, Managing for the Master. And our uh, title today is Rewards of Faithfulness, the Lesson 12. And our memory text is coming from Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Now I'm going to pause here. Usually we don't pause here, but we have an honored and distinguished guest today, uh, Elder Michael Harp and uh, someone who works with them there at the NAD. I'm going to allow Michael Campbell to go ahead and introduce our honored guest. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Buster. I'm, I'm just super excited that we have uh, Michael Anthony Harp, our stewardship director for the North American Division, a wonderful esteemed colleague, and uh, he's been there. Um, so he's kind of teaching me the ropes since I I just came last year. Uh, he arrived at the NAD in 2019, and he comes with a Excellent. wealth of ministry experience, 28 years working in conference ministry, 12 years as a pastor, four years as a chaplain and Bible teacher at Oakwood, and then 13 more years uh, working in departmental capacities, everything from communication to ASI. And of course, it just makes sense, stewardship. So um, he comes from Cleveland, Ohio, where he was baptized when he was 12. And I could go on and talk about uh, the wealth of his ministry experience, but I'm just excited that uh, he can be with us on the podcast today, especially as we are wrapping up a quarter on stewardship. It only makes sense if we have um, a guru on on stewardship. Uh, and so welcome, Elder Harp. Uh, thank you for the invitation. I'm happy to be here, and I'm honored. Uh, by the way, all of that stuff you said about me, to God be the glory, the best thing is sinners saved by grace. <laughs> and we were talking before that that works that works for for all of us. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Michael, when you when you're listing the amount of time he's been in ministry, I mean, God is truly good. You have to tell us a little bit about stewardship because you you don't look like you've crammed all those years into how you look. <laughs> and so you look uh, you look so much younger, right? But then uh, as you hear it, you hear the wealth of knowledge and wisdom mm. that God has placed in you. And so thank you for being that good and faithful steward that I just read about in that memory text. We're seeing well, a testimony of the reward of faithfulness. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, yes, to God be the glory. And uh, yeah, maybe I'm thankful that the years don't look like it, but uh, this year will be coming up on 40 years for my wedding anniversary. So, amen. Amen. So let me guess you're you're, my wife looks better than I do. Let's say you you were married in 83 then. Correct. Because I'm, I'm, I'm turning yeah. 40 this year. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to remember. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So as we're moving forward in the lesson, and I'm, I'm looking forward to unpacking this, especially with um, a steward, uh, someone who's very well versed in stewardship. 
the memory text, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. What does it actually mean to enter into the joy of the Lord as a reminder of our faithfulness towards God? Hmm. Uh, you asking me? Oh, anybody. Oh, uh, well, Michael or Elder Hart, either one. Well, I look at it two phase. Uh, number one, we can enter to the joy of the Lord now while we live waiting for his soon return. And then also the final reward to enter into the joy of the Lord is uh, salvation in heaven, mm-hmm. starting, of course, in heaven, a thousand years. And then, of course, uh, New Jerusalem. Everything and then we'll live eternally we'll have a place two places a mansion in the city and a country home oh what a joy that's gonna be (laughs) amen man i I love that that you put the uh the dual meaning that it's in there right because we don't have to wait to enter into the joy of the lord we can have it now but it it is also promised for us there in the future i love that absolutely yeah we have to uh recognize that the joy starts now because then and in, 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 rather than it be something that's so far off, uh, which is hope, we always want to have hope, but we can begin to experience that joy uh, immediately. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Indeed. I love it. Well, that's a nice segue because I think that joy leads us into that reward for faithfulness, which is the topic for Sunday's lesson as we're just looking at what does that mean, right? And I was just thinking as you were talking about that, that you know, part of being a Christian, it should be contagious that people want what we have. So if they see that joyfulness, they will, you know, they they will see something um, that that will they they will want. And and our text is found in Hebrews eleven six. Elder Harp, if you would read that for us, and there's actually a couple different texts there. I mean, we could go in different paths, but at least start us off with Hebrews eleven six. Sure, but without faith. It is impossible to please him, talking about God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Yeah, and the the text or the lessons asking the question, what should this verse mean to us, and how should we respond to what it says? You know, I'll I'll jump in here because... uh... One of my favorite passages in the Bible, and I quoted it to college students quite a bit in chapels. It just did chapel this morning. And this is talking about Enoch, right? And there's not a lot of information about Enoch, but we find that he walked with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And remembering that, how can you walk with the Lord if you don't believe that he's real? And I think that's one of the struggles that we're dealing with today, uh, to go beyond knowing that he's real, but to bask in his realness and his presence and to actually develop that relationship with him. That's a daily relationship, not just a, I'll see you on Sabbath at church uh, kind of relationship, but God, I, I seek you in everything that I do. Uh, and that's the reward is knowing God, not just heaven, not just eternal life, but knowing God is the reward. Absolutely. That I just love that story about Enoch. He just, you know, one day just talking and walking with the Lord and just Lord just took him on up to glory. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's based on that relationship. And uh, I have a seminar uh, on that and we call it proto-chirotic living. Ooh. And that's simply the devotional lifestyle, proto meaning first, chirotic, chirotic from the word Greek word kairos. kairos. 
and it's simply a daily devotional lifestyle, seeking God's face. And so when we live that kind of life, helps us uh, get closer to God. Amen. I love that. Yeah, I was just thinking on on your bio. I didn't I didn't highlight the point the biblical languages. So <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. it. I've never heard that term before, but you know, and you know, doing a little detour, we introduced you, but you know, in your role with with stewardship and everything else, what do you see as the the most significant need? What's the tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. the burden of your heart as you're sharing and going to different places? In fact, I think you're traveling right now when we were chatting a little bit earlier. You know, tell tell us what that tell us a little bit of the burden of your heart in, in this in this area. Um uh thank you. Um uh, not to belabor because there's a lot of yeah. as it relates to stewardship, especially the way that it's been taught. Well, I should say the way it's been gleaned, not taught, because it's been taught properly. Uh, It's the way it's been gleaned over the years and the misunderstanding uh, of stewardship. And basically, the first thing people think of when you say the word stewardship is money. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that is the great misunderstanding. And the burden that's on my heart is to try to flip that script the most important aspect of stewardship is our relationship with God. Amen. Because if we don't start with the relationship with God, then money is kind of just floating out there. And what proper place does it have, you know, if the relationship with the Lord isn't in place? If it's in place, then I can properly talk about money because Jesus did. He talked about money more than anything else in the New Testament. So the idea is to first encourage people to know that, hey, first and foremost, stewardship is about our relationship with God. So that's why the first workshop that I do is is the one with the proto-chirotic living. And that's the first of the seven T's, uh, time, time with God. Mm. Ooh. I, I love the in-depthness there, but I also love the focus where it should be, which is on our relationship with Christ. And uh, I, I know every, every time that uh, usually a stewardship person comes in, people's eyes start rolling like, oh, they're going to tell us we're not giving enough. Kind well, of an offering. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we, yeah. we really aren't giving enough as far as our relationship with God, because when you get that in place, everything else falls into place. Absolutely. And so we're not afraid to talk about money. We, no. we do that and we talk about uh, financial, uh, you know, living and balanced, uh, getting out of debt and all those kind of things. Uh, but it all, all of it, the whole genre starts with the Lord, our relationship with him. Mm, I love that. I love it. I love it. The, the holistic concept of stewardship. You know, yes, that, that, kind of, that kind of jumps us forward to everlasting life. A lot of people will say, well, this is why I'm doing this is because I want to make it to heaven. But uh, how miserable would it be if you make it to heaven and uh, you don't know God, right? Wow. Uh, into eternity mm-hmm. and you're afraid and you're hiding from his presence all, all in glory, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's either that, that with that text, it says, I never knew you. So you won't even make it. To <laughs> exactly. There, there won't be the chance. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I, I love that. So I, I guess the question would be, uh, 
how does everlasting life tie into stewardship? I'm not even going to the text here, which is the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But then it goes into for God so loved the world that he gave us one and only begotten son. But I, I, I want to look at the, the bigger picture here, which is what what is what is everlasting life? How does it tie into stewardship? It's to me uh, the crowning act of what has uh, what we have been involved with during this life. Um, <clears throat> I, I guess trying to think of everlasting life is so vast. Uh, I, I'm trying to think through today. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I'm with you uh, there. I'd just but, be happy when we get there. And I think there, there's an aspect of it I thought about that not only just be happy, but maybe even a little bit surprised. Like, you know, finally after everything else, you know, and uh, but but just the the blessedness of of all of that. Um, and it gives us hope, you know, I, I you know, I. I think all of us have experienced losses. I know we were just chatting about that um, earlier in terms of, you know, it, it, it's, it, it reminds us of the fragility of life, you know, that every day is a gift from God, but God wants something better for us. And it's not just to be there as in a physical, but he wants us to have quality of life in terms of that relationship and, you know, that relational aspect of God that he has for us and, and how that just gives us gives us hope, meaning, purpose. Yes. You know, what, what both of you shared there, Michael and Elder Harp, uh, John 17, 3 reminds me of that. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Uh, yes. The relationship is the eternal life, right? So we don't enter into eternal life uh, only when he comes back to the cause of glory, but that relationship starts right here, right now. Amen. And, and we can... We shouldn't we shouldn't hold off on starting that little taste of heaven on earth. Amen. Well, that kind of is a segue to, you know, uh, Tuesday's lesson, which is that what is this new heaven going to be like this eternal life? And we have described for us the new Jerusalem. We have this uh, text in Revelation 21. We're not going to we're not going to read that because it's a whole long chapter. I encourage our listeners, as you have some time this week, as you're studying the lesson, as you have a chance to, to slow down and take that time, read through this whole chapter, Revelation chapter 21. Although um, Elder Harp and, and Buster's is, is, if you want to highlight some things, I mean, such a beautiful description oh, yeah. of, of, of what heaven's going to be like, you know, the, in verse two, it says the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. So you have these, these symbols, these symbols, you know, and you think of when you got married, you know, you, you see your wife and just takes your breath away. And that, that moment, that moment, that's just so amazing. And, and yet um, that that's just a, a comparison of God trying to open our eyes to the beauty of what is yet to come. And so, you know, Elder Harp and Buster, I mean, when you think of the New Jerusalem, you think of heaven, what what comes to your mind? I'm kind of I'm just putting you guys on the spot, but okay. but what what is it that that you're most excited and looking forward to? And and then once I hear what you guys have, I'm going to tell you what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> well um well i won't need these glasses that i'm wearing Ooh, <laughs> i like I that have per perfect vision mm. uh and as john describes uh that new coming down uh as a bride comes the third coming 
of Jesus, because the first one was, of course, at his birth. Second, when he comes back to get us. The third is when we when that new Jerusalem comes down with all the saints on the inside. But what I like about this particular chapter, when you go way down to the very almost to the very end where John uh, says there, I think it's in verse 22, and I saw no temple in it. And you say, wait a minute, the whole sanctuary genre pops up in my head. Wait a minute, you saw no temple. What, what, what about the sanctuary, you know? And the sanctuary's meaning is really the plan of salvation for us. Uh, but as we look at that, we recognize that that text that says, he that is filthy, let him be filthy still, or she that is righteous, let her stay righteous still. At that point, the everything is done salvation has been made complete and the use of the plan of salvation is no longer and so mm-hmm. it's like i don't see any church in heaven what what, what do you mean john john is looking <laughs> into the future yeah it's true uh, but actually when you continue reading the verse it, it's really made plain it's the lord god who is the temple it's jesus temple. really all of that points to Christ. And wherever Christ is, that's church. Wherever Christ is, that's the temple. Mm. And so um, uh, I look forward to forever being in the presence of Christ and travel, space travel, um, seeing loved ones who've passed on, uh, restored. I want to live right so I can see them, <laughs> see my mom, you know, my dad and uh, sister, you know, friends, every, you know, you know, just, just looking for all the joy uh, that comes from the blessing of the new Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I look forward to those things as well as, as well as one of the biggest things the the complexity of sin in our lives has just, made it so awful here, right? Yes. I'm looking forward to no more mass shootings, oh, no more death, yes. no more dying, no more crying, mm. no more aches, no more ailments, no more breaks, no more <laughs> yeah. all these different things. Uh, uh, several families that have health issues going on right now, all that eradicated, all that done, and just the purity that will be there in that city, uh, the well-being, the camaraderie, the true unity, not this self-centered unity, but the true unity of us bowing down our knees towards the one who deserves it. And how will it feel not to have a temptation? Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, You know, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to being amongst others and having full trust because I'm not worried about them stealing my gold, right, <laughs> under <laughs> under my city, right? Like, yeah. we, so we all have the same things. So right? stealing my chariot. Yeah. <laughs> Man, who took my wings, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that as well as uh, absolutely everything else that you shared. So, um Lord, please, please come quickly. Come quickly. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. Well, the thing I'm looking forward to is it talks about the books will be open, the heavenly archive. So for a historian, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm of course saying. you would, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I knew no one was going to steal mine. So that's that's why I could let you guys go first. The heavenly hey, archives. You know, Michael, I, 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 can, I can hear yeah. it now, Michael. Uh, Heidi comes like, have you guys seen Michael? Like, you know where he is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's, he's looking at the books. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, and 
just but having spent some time right in the because archives. we will get a chance to examine the books of heaven yeah any we'll questions see why the wicked were lost yeah any yeah. questions it's there so we got the heavenly books we can do some amazing research um and and of eternal import for for all of us and for looking at i mean i mean the bottom line is the character of god is god truly a god of love and is he just is he fair and we're going to be able to go back and say yes god is amazing amazing by the, by the way elder Hart, we we got to get down to the library of congress together and uh, <laughs> i just i took some friends down yesterday we had such a blast so sometime we got to do this in buster oh. when you're out here there's some fun stuff to to do like I that would, so i would absolutely love that Let's do that. So um, yes. Tom and Lena Taves giving you guys a shout out with Matthew and Andrew from Union College. Love you guys. Had so much fun with you guys at the Library of Congress yesterday. Anyways, uh, Buster, back to you. Settling of accounts. Yes. Um, all right. Is, what are we talking about? So, uh, so I, Fargo? I, I, I'm going to I'm going to give a broad picture of this once again. Matthew okay. 25, the parable of the talents. Yeah. And it, it brings into light, and I like the way that the lesson does this, which is uh, eventually all of us will be held accountable for what we've done with what we have, uh, both our time, our finances, our gifts, uh, whatever God has given us, uh, we're gonna be, there's going to be this moment of, of reckoning, and that will either be enter into the joy or depart from me, I didn't, I didn't know you, right? Yeah. And, and, and so it asks this question, it says, how are you going to fare when God comes to settle accounts with you? And mm -hmm. the like that, that kind of hit me. <laughs> yeah, th mm -hmm. this is why stewardship is so significant. Uh, the enemy would love us to gloss over this particular point because this earmark, the, the idea of settling of accounts uh, shoots us forward to the days in which we're living right now, the investigative yes. judgment, mm -hmm. what's happening in heaven right now. And the question is, since God has left everything in our care to manage to his glory, the main question as stewards is, okay, uh, I've left you with all of my stuff. How are you doing with it? That's the question. The kids I left in your care, how are you doing with those? The job I gave you, how are you doing with that? Uh, the relationship that we have, how are we doing with that? It is the calling into question uh, us as being stewards. See, we're born stewards. We, we have nothing to do with that. We have to choose to be Christians, but mm. we're all born stewards. We have nothing to do with that. But what we can do is to answer the question, are we going to be a good steward? or a bad one. Mm. It's up to us. And so it brings that it brings stewardship and prophecy and judgment together. A lot of people don't even think stewardship is in that realm, but it is right here in that question, the settling of accounts. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you encapsulated that so well. Uh, I don't even want to add anything to that because I want the audience. No, I'm serious. I want the audience to sit on that and think about it and ponder it. Uh, God does not drive us out of fear, but there should be this awe of recognizing we will be face to face with our creator, right? And we want to, when we look at him, we'll love to say, Lord, I've done the best of my ability of giving everything that I, that I thought I had of recognizing it belongs to you. And I've tried my best to manage it as well as possible. Amen. Yeah. So Michael, tell us about eyes on the prize. 
Yeah, right. I mean, who hasn't said that before, right? Hey, keep, keep your eyes on the prize. <laughs> I know people have said that to there me before. Few, there may be a few songs that are going right, right. right? <laughs> and and the funny thing is now that as a parent, now I'm I'm, you know, saying that sometimes too. You know, keep those keep the eyes on the prize. Don't get distracted. And uh, you know, it's just a reality and. And Elder Harp, I'm going to ask you to read Romans 8 for us, 16 to 18, when you get that here in just a moment. But um, that, that's just a, a part of, you know, we're looking at all of this and we're really just wrapping up a whole quarterly, the, this whole quarter on stewardship. And there's so many different, it, it's complex, right? I mean, just because it involves not just our money, as was pointed out, but our time, our lives, our, our energy, um, so much God wants all of us. And so we're stewards of what God has entrusted to us. And, and so that sense of holism, but uh, Romans chapter eight, uh, verses 16 to 18, Elder Harp, can, do you have that? Sure. Uh, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. I love that part. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. And uh, verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. How was the knowledge that that he was a child of God a factor in his faithfulness? Mm. And I, I think part of this is talking about how we need to keep this all in perspective. You know, um, it refers to the verse in Philippians, um, pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call um, so that we, we press on. You know, it's not always going to be easy. I think one of the things people kind of hope is that, well, I paid my tithe. I shouldn't have any problems, you know, I give my tithe and offerings. Does that make me immune from, from all of these things? And no, I mean, God still calls us to be faithful, right? And, and so here we have this, this beautiful poignant reminder. Right. And, and Michael, uh, as Elder Harp shared earlier, not everyone is a Christian. You have to choose to do that, but everyone's a steward. Uh, not everyone's a child of God. You have mm -hmm. to choose the adoption process. Uh, God's not going to force his, uh, his fathership upon us, right? Like he is heavenly father, but for us to be called his child, we have to accept the fact that we are his child. And mm -hmm. so uh, Paul here is saying it's worth it because of this relationship of how I view God and who he is and the claim to, uh, to heirship that I have, not because of anything I've done, but because of everything that he has given me. I claim those promises that God has given. And so therefore, what I'm going through now is worth it because I am a child of God. Says um, I'm a joint heir. Yes, Christ. That means whatever Christ gets, I get it too. Preach. And when you yes, and when you said um we have to ask God, you know, we have to become a part of it, but God doesn't force himself on us. Right. He, he woos us, he loves us into reality that hey, this is the way walking in it, but you have a choice, it's up to you. And mm -hmm. when we choose Christ. When we choose him, then 
think about it now, we've just opened our opened ourselves up to be in this current judgment. See, this is the one we want to be in. A lot of people are afraid, oh, my judgment is going my name. No, <laughs> if I'm in this judgment, it's because I've accepted Christ as my savior. And guess what? I'm covered by his righteousness. So when father looks at me, he looks at another son and another daughter Amen. who looks like his son. <laughs> I love it. That's stewardship. <laughs> that is. And that all preach, like I said, man, that's preach. so good. Well, we have one more verse here on keep your eyes on the price. And that is found in First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 12. I'm not going to read this whole verse um, because we've just... Uh, uh, covered some of it already, but but I do want to point out a couple things really quickly, and that is um, in verses 6 and 8, it says, first of all, but godliness with contentment is great gain, and so there's this idea of contentment, and it comes back to this again. Um, I, I guess I will read this beginning part. For we brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of it, so there's there's something that, you know, um, everything we have is truly a gift of God and verse eight. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. So I think one of the, the main themes that's coming through in this passage from from Pastor Paul is this idea of being content. And as Christians, part of good stewardship is is making good decisions. And of course, later on, there's the famous reference to the love of money being the root of all evil that's usually the verse that most often gets quoted right you know that uh and it's not money it's the love of money um and i i know that you know we've even talked about this through the podcast as we've gone through this quarter right. uh but but um content what does it mean to be content be satisfied with what we have actually i have a a I have a minute, uh, less than a minute, I have a definition that we use. We talk about stewardship in the realm of revolutionary generosity. Mm -hmm. And the definition for that is the breaking away from an overthrow of a lifestyle that is centered on accumulation and self-absorption. Self it is rising against the falsely created insatiable need for more and refusing to be subjected to the fear of not having enough to be happy. Mm. That's being content. Mm. Man, I absolutely love hearing that because if we could just grasp onto that concept and actually live it out, our lives would be transformed. And yet the enemy's counterfeit to that is greediness, selfishness, the give me, give me, give me. want of more, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 not having being satisfied. Some people have billions and they're not satisfied. Yeah, um, and so the idea of being content in Christ with what I have, you know, God promises to give us. If you look at, uh, gives a roof over our head, clothing, uh, the basics. God has promised those things. And so therefore I should be content in whatever he promises. And if I have the spirit of generosity, no matter 
what amount of money, now I'm talking about money, comes into our sphere, if he tells me to give it away, I'm going to give it away because mm -hmm. it's already his anyway. Mm -hmm. That's what happened to the rich young ruler. He turned away sorrowful mm -hmm. because he had so much. But the thing is, he forgot that everything belongs to God. So Jesus was simply saying, give what is mine away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the rich young ruler has such a grasp on what was he, he said, I've done all these things from my youth up, but keeping or holding on to the earthly things, that's, that was his challenge. Man, that's beautiful. And uh, Lord, help us to be able to ungrasp our hands. Let go. Yes. Because <laughs> it doesn't belong to us anyways. Yes. 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 Elder Steve Ruff, uh, who was the guy I followed in South Central at Stewardship, and he used to uh, say that he would say, give me the strength. He said, just let it go, because we're not going to take it to glory anyway. <laughs> just let it go. <laughs> wow. Wow. By the, by the way, Michael, uh, when you were reading that scripture, I have to inform my parents, they were misquoting scripture all these years. Uh, <laughs> verse seven, for we brought nothing to this world and certainly we can carry nothing out. They, they've always been telling me, I brought you into this world. And I can take you out. <laughs> I had to tell that they were misquoting scripture there. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess my mom my was, might have been in that group, but I believed her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe them too, so I won't say anything. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I said, I'm not gonna, uh, okay, mom, whatever you say, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. You know, it just so much comes back to just relationship with God and how much of what we do is, you know, just comes out of fear. And so the need to accumulate more and more is based out of fear that you're just not going to have enough, you know, and so the the need to do that and and how that can even become a consumer culture and and we're, you know, just can't have this insatiable desire to keep having more and even to the point of oppression throughout history, you know, that comes from this desire of fear. And yet God removes that through love and the ability to give away and give up. And through his selfless example, through Christ himself becoming human and, and becoming the God man and dying for us, you know, Philippians yes. chapter two, that great hymn of, of, of humility and condescension. Um, God's love enables us to put the interests of others before ourselves and that's that's really the beauty of stewardship right there. Absolutely. Well, I, any final thoughts, Elder Harp? You 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 go around and and, yeah, and um, you've already shared some wealth of wisdom that we've been blessed with. But any final thoughts for our listeners? Because here you are um, helping to share. You know, I'm kind of curious. You know, you, you told us a little bit at the beginning, but any any final thoughts about about stewardship that you would like our listeners to hear? Um, <clears throat> I guess I could kind of sum up in short the seven T's: uh, time, you, temple, tangentialize me. Come <laughs> <laughs> again, time, time. Okay, time, temple, talent, treasure. Okay. There's those four, we call them the tangible T's. You can reach out and touch them. Gotcha. They're the pillars. If you look at the pillars of a building, they will be the main pillars. And then the we have the foundational T's, which is number five, trust, mm -hmm. theology, and testimony. Those are the foundation for the first four. Now, the first four have a spiritual and a practical component to each one. 
So the spiritual with time is time with God. That's why it's first. The practical is how do we manage our time and how do we plan for the future? Mm-hmm. Temple, the spiritual with that is what? No, you're not. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. You know, I can go on from there. Of course, you can bring in the sanctuary teaching with all of that practical side of temple is how do we manage our health, health ministries, and then talent. God gives all of us who are his children uh, gifts and talents to manage and help uh, the up, up, up growth or the outgrowth of the church. And then the practical side of that, God gives every one of us talents to have gainful employment. And then under talents, we also have Terra. It's another T, but it's not the T that's counted in the seven. It's under talents because it's taking care of Mother Earth. And so God gives everyone on this planet talents to help keep this place in balance. There are people who specialize in rocks, people who specialize in medicine, people who specialize in plants, people people who who, uh, specialize in molecules. Everything that this earth is made of, somebody is specializing in that, and it helps keep this place in balance. So you got time, temple, talent, treasure. The Mm. spiritual component tied to treasure is our relationship with God through the tithe and the offering. Mm. Practical side of that is, okay, how do we manage what's left? (laughs) Yeah, because sometimes we can be blessed because we are faithful in tithe and we give an offering. But we're stressed financially because we haven't learned how to manage it. And so that's the first four spiritual and practical components. And then the the, the last three are simply foundations to the first four. It takes trust in God to do all of it. Mm. The theology of it is what the Bible says about all of it. And then, of course, the fundamental belief, number 21, <laughs> is stewardship. And then uh, testimony, oh, my how good God has been to us, how good he will be through us, and then the future of how good God's going to be. So that's, in essence, the seven T's, which is holistic stewardship. Oh, man, that's that's beautiful. And I, I hopefully this message gets out to the entire church because uh, I think it can be, I, I know it's revolutionary because it's progressive as God is progressing you and your ministry so uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, you've Praise been such an excellent, excellent guest today. Uh, yeah. well, uh, thank you for, for inviting me and giving me a chance to share. Uh, thank you so much. Well, great, grateful for you, Elder Harp. And, uh, you know, it's been quite a quarter as we've done, gone through this journey, uh, looking at stewardship. And uh, the next quarter, we're looking at the three angels. So stay tuned. Oh, wow. We begin a new... <laughs> A new quarter going to be diving in. That sounds very Adventist, right? <laughs> I think it's called Three Cosmic Messages. <laughs> three Cosmic Messages. What, what does that mean, you know? And oh, yeah. So we're going to dive I'm all in. into that. <laughs> right, yes. right? Absolutely. So um, without any further ado, we're grateful, Elder Harp, for you joining us. And thank you, listeners. Uh, tune back for a new season, new quarter uh, coming soon. And until then, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing <laughs> out. All right. And thanks for letting me be a part of it. (laughs) As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. 
By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.